From the Orion Policy Institute, this is Orion Talks. Our podcast brings together experts for a conversation about events shaping the world at the local, national, and global levels. Tune in as we discuss foreign policy, security, human rights, political and economic development, and various other issues. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Orion Talks. I'm your host, Saad Chubukju. Turkey and Syria were hit by two powerful earthquakes on February 6th, which caused widespread disruption in both countries. While the rescue and recovery operations have been slow, the overall death toll in Turkey has already reached the highest in the history of modern Turkey. Today, we will discuss the ongoing disaster from the perspective of crisis and emergency management. And our guest today is Professor Naim Kapucu. Thank you very much, Dr. Tuchu. appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, thanks for coming. Um, Dr. Naim Kapucu is a Pegasus professor at the University of Central Florida. He is also joint faculty at the School of Politics, Security, and International Affairs at the Center for Resilient, Intelligent, and Sustainable Energy Systems. He's an elected fellow of the National Academy of Public Administration. And Dr. Kapuji is studying on emergence and crisis management, network leadership, and governance. He has published widely in the areas of public administration and policy, network governance, crisis leadership, and emergency management. Also, he's the author, of, author and editor of 10 books, and his work has been published in reputable journals. Dr. Kapuji, so you have been teaching and writing on crisis and emergency management for more than two decades. So considering the basics of crisis and emergency management, how could you evaluate the situation in Turkey? Yeah, again, appreciated the opportunity. We've been watching closely what happened in Northern Syria and Southern Turkey. Of course, our hearts and thoughts are with the people who suffered as well as victims. Uh, this is a significant disaster the uh, country faced. And um, uh, I'd like to highlight a couple of things in terms of some of the basics, what's been done and what could have been done better. So we do have internationally accepted four phases of emergency and disaster management, which are basically mitigation, or sometimes we added prevention based on the developments after 9-11 in the United States. Uh, but primarily we're addressing mitigation, preparedness, response, and recovery. What is really critical, especially the mitigation, which was one of the major mistakes done, unfortunately, in Turkish emergency management system, that not much investment in mitigation strategies, such as building codes, as well as implementing those substantial elements su successfully. And we do know from research that investment, especially in the U.S. with hurricanes and other types of disasters, investment of a dollar, one dollar in mitigation strategies actually save at least $4 in response and recovery phases of disaster management. So that's really something substantial. But of course, loss of lives, there is no way that we can bring those lives back regardless of what we've done. So mitigation is probably one of the most critical and sometimes ignored element of disaster management. So anything you invest in mitigation will help better response as well as quick and better recovery and quick return to normal life. 
So we, do, we don't want to go through basics of emergency management, uh, one-on-one type of introductions, but I think the mitigation, preparation, uh, in terms of exercising the plans and procedures are especially important when it comes to response operations. That was one of the major issues we've seen in response to earthquake uh, last week and week before, the lack of coordination. And uh, we can probably discuss some of the elements of coordination in the in detail during our conversation. Uh, but the major issue, I looked at the, uh, the documents from the uh, relatively recently developed the Disaster Management Agency or Authority in Turkey. They do have some plans. They do have some uh, issues addressed in the planning process, but unfortunately, they were not practiced as well as some of the issues at the local level, uh, the capacity was not developed. So in addition to those four core phases of disaster management, I'd like to highlight probably the most critical element during the crisis response or immediate response phase of disaster emergency management can be considered as a crisis management. And we have like four major issues identified in terms of effective immediate response and crisis management, which are cognition, which we hardly identify what is going on, situation awareness. Do we know the size of the magnitude of the disaster and what type of capacity from government, individuals, as well as citizens, civil society needed in successfully addressing that issue, right? And the second is coordination. How are we going to coordinate between the government entities from the central, local, and provincial level, as well as civil society organizations? And the more critical after this initial understanding of the issue, cognition, and bringing government agencies together in coordination, how we expand the larger community, international community, as well as other elements within the society that we can actually effectively address some of the issues in response and immediate recovery. And the final phase is really critical control. Do we have full control after communicating, coordinating, and collaborating the situation at hand so we can address back to citizens and rest of the community that everything is under control, government is doing what it's supposed to do, and working in coordination with other elements within the government and the society. Oh, thank you so much. So I, I just have a follow-up question because uh, you know, you give some examples from the United States, and it's a federal government. We have state agencies, but Turkey is a central government structure. Yeah. Uh, should it be easier to coordinate in a central hierarchical uh, structure in terms of crisis and emergency management? Yes, that is actually expected. Um, what we see, at least from the public administration, public management perspective, centralized system, we expect that they'll make quick decision. And, and, and better coordination. But unfortunately, if you do not have capacity at the local level, in Turkey, for example, the district governors, Kaimakams, or the, the, the provincial governors, the valleys, and the municipal administration, they do not have enough capacity. So we had, this is a big disaster, almost 16 million people impacted in 10 different provinces. But we do have neighboring provinces were not impacted but we did not have enough capacity on those municipal government, as well as the, the governor's offices, they can actually help the impacted area. So they did, they were not able to mobilize the resources because we did not have strong capacity at local level. 
So what we say in emergency crisis management, every disaster is local. So regardless how strong central government is, we need to have the local capacity. They can actually make the decision, understand the severity of the situation and what needs to be done so they can actually ask more resources. The quick example might be um, in the United States, we do have the counties are substantially uh, responsible, mainly responsible in dealing with disasters. They have two examples in Florida, local governments are strong. They ask federal government what they need to mobilize resources. In response to Katrina, for example, the local government didn't make timely decision, regardless of strong federal government, they cannot mobilize the resources unless the local government can ask what they actually need. So the central system, unfortunately, lack of trust to local levels or to provincial levels was a major impetus, lack of coordination. So the local government were not able to make a decision what they needed. And of course, there's politics in terms of different political parties involved in different municipal governments that also unfortunately prevented some of the better coordination in this recent earthquake case. Um, yeah, um, thank you so much providing some uh, details about you know how government works and differences between the US and United uh, and the Turkey. And also we see like NGOs in international actors are also um, trying to help. So they are visible in the field. And one of your areas of expertise is network governance in crisis and emergency management. So how do you evaluate the coordination, communication, collaboration within and between these um, different entities? So this is really one of the probably most critical element of emergency and crisis management. So as you mentioned earlier in the conversation, I did start teaching almost 20 years ago the topics on emergency and crisis management. And I do invite practitioner emergency managers regularly to my classroom. And when I ask them, what are the three most important elements of emergency and crisis management? They usually respond, coordination, coordination, coordination. So emergency management, crisis management are not in the agenda for elected officials or policymakers, unless there is something substantial happening. Right. Excuse me. Every time we recommend to policymakers, if a substantial disaster happened, this is window of opportunity for larger investment for mitigation, recovery, and other strategies. So it doesn't happen usually. Doesn't happen usually. So that brings how are we going to coordinate? So this is a big disaster. Central government didn't understand, for example, the magnitude of the disasters, how to coordinate what type of resources need to be mobilized. Local government and the municipal government and the governor's offices, provincial government, they didn't have enough capacity to make decisions and quickly mobilize resources either. What we have in the United States, and I've been pushing, I recently came back from Australia as, as a Fulbright scholar. They have something similar what the, the Turkish government has, but what we have in the United States, functional collaboration. So for example, transportation, evacuation, communication, we do have certain aspects assigned to each agency at the federal, state, and local level. Then a disaster happen, of course, the local government agencies, local emergency managers develop incident kind of um, the based on specific disaster, they build incident management system. So they mobilize resources as needed based on the size of the disaster and the agencies need to engage. So this is large scale disaster, but unfortunately, 
if you look at the system in Turkey, we don't know who's doing what. What is the roles and responsibility of the central government? They list organizations. The documents list some of the potential disasters, including earthquake and landslides and other major disasters. But again, there is no specific coordination mechanism established. So the, the list of agencies from military to other uh, agencies at the central level, the roles of governance and the district governance and municipal administration briefly highlighted. But again, who is doing what in terms of specifics? Communication, that was really a big problem. We can probably address more in our conversation. But again, specific issues of immediate response and search and rescue operations. You mentioned NGOs. You know, regardless of the size of the government, we will never 100% prepared for disaster response. There is going to be additional need for individual support, NGO support, international support. United Nations announced today that they are expecting a billion dollar investment to help Turkish government in response to this earthquake. But again, that needs to be coordinated, donation coordination. We have seen piles of donations, donated goods, unfortunately not logistically coordinated. So those are really critical elements. But one thing uh, I like to highlight the communication. When we see a disaster, major disaster, that needs to be carefully communicated to people first, government entities, as well as the international community. What happened and who is responsible for what and what is the outcome? So that did not happen. So what we see usually in the United States, for example, you see the, either the president and you see the people who are responsible uh, in, in managing disasters. You can see an orderly presentation with a flag and a clean background. What we've seen in, in Turkey, unfortunately, we have presidents and presidents' wives and people has nothing to do with disasters. So you see a crowd, but kind of a chaos. You don't see a clear message that we are in charge and we are actually handling this uh, disaster response carefully. So you need to give a clear message. Who's doing what? Who's responsible? And regular updates. So we didn't see this, unfortunately, coming from either president's office or the mayor's offices or the regional places that we didn't see or the disaster management agency. They did not provide regular updates to the people. That was extremely chaotic, unfortunately, because better communication with the better coordination and better coordination leads saving more lives and protecting the uh, properties, which is the major goal of disaster management. Yeah, so there's a huge responsibility of the government that coordinates and responds. Also, I want to uh, ask a question about the, the perception about the government, like the trust and confidence in the government and um, confidence government leadership. So how does this affect the disaster response and recovery? And so how can we translate it to the Turkey and the, the current situation? So this is really a, a big issue, not just for Turkey and other governments too, uh, because of COVID and because of other politics and uh, popular strategies, probably many countries, uh, the government lost trust of people, the citizens. I think this is especially a case, case for Turkey. So people want to, for example, work with NGOs rather than government agencies. People want to donate NGOs rather than government entities because of lack of trust. So disasters are sometimes called window of opportunity. If you carefully manage this, you can actually fasten the building trust. But if you fail disasters, you're actually bringing additional loss of trust uh, in, in government from the people. What I've been seeing based on, on, the, on the news, again, I haven't done a systematic research on this particular case yet, 
there's casting communication. And also people highlight that government doesn't need a, a partner. You know, the, the government is strong enough in Turkey. We don't need anybody else. This is a wrong perception. The direction in the rest of the world, in the US, in Australia, in Europe, we have this whole of a government addresses how government entities coordinate their response efforts in response to disasters. And also we have in the United States, whole community. It's not just the government responsible, that is responsible to the entire society from individual citizens to NGOs, nonprofit organizations, as well as, as, as the government. I think we need to have this perspective. You asked the question, network governance, that's the core of network governance. We're not saying that government is not responsible doing most of the public administration issues, disaster management, crisis management. Governments still need to do what it's supposed to do as, as a legal entity, but also they can bring additional resources from the private sector, from the NGOs, from the international community, help and mobilize resources and help the victims in a probably much more consistent and coherent, effective way. Um, yeah, so that's a great overview of how we can respond. And also, I, I want to look at from a kind of resilience perspective, you know, the infrastructure, the communities and our cities. So how can we prepare them for the future disasters? Yeah, this is really critical. You know, we have this resilience movement all around the world, whether it be urban resilience, addressing critical infrastructure resilience, as far as building systems that are resilient uh, for responding to shocks. It can be earthquake or other types of types of disasters. What we've seen in Turkey, uh, the country has engineers, similar to what we have in California and the US, Japan. So there are engineers, there are actually strong building codes similar to what we have in California and the US, in Japan. The problem is, so there is no lack of scientific evidence. There's scientific data, there are well-prepared engineers, there are well-developed policies and plans. That's the decision of politics, unfortunately, at the local, provincial, and the, and the central level to loosen some of those rules. And unfortunately, what we've seen, basically rubble after rubble, and people really suffer because of those uh, improper buildings and lack of uh, enforcing proper uh, building codes, unfortunately. So the, the earthquake happened in Japan. Uh, I looked at the recent data compared uh, 7.8 magnitude, Turkey versus Japan. You've seen like four life loss versus 40,000 and numbers are unfortunately still increasing. So my hope is really that the country will learn lesson. We've seen this very similar, 30,000 30, people lost their lives uh, in Erzincan earthquake, 1939. We've seen closer to 30,000 people died in 1999 Marmara earthquake. Now we've seen something similar, even worse, in a less developed part of the country. I mean, Istanbul is crowded, a lot of urban areas, but we've seen a lot of unurban areas, rural areas, the buildings also collapsed. And there are some good examples. Uh, I've been seeing in the news, one city, small city in Hatay area, none, none of the buildings collapsed because they followed the rules and regulations carefully. So this is extremely important for uh, several reasons. One, what are the lessons? So government can actually use this as an excuse and and enforce the rules. We can't tolerate this anymore, right? We can't tolerate mm -hmm. this anymore. We need to build better buildings to save lives. Uh, 
And this might be a window of opportunity to make additional changes within the government structure. How we work with other entities, how we empower local government, how we build capacity of local government, and probably as important, how we encourage our citizens and non-governmental organizations invest on disaster response. It's not just buildings. It's not just immediate response for long-term recovery. Right? We have seen families are impacted, children lost their families. How are we going to provide social services, uh, psychological support to those people? On the long term, we have a lot needs to be done. But again, that can't be simply done by government. How can government be at the center of organization coordination and bring non-profit organizations, international expertise, as well as businesses and academic institutions? So this is something really missing that we don't have strong academic programs in the country support professionals in emergency and crisis management. We do have a couple of research institutes in Middle East Technical University, at the uh, Bosporus University and Istanbul Technical University, but unfortunately they are not fully staffed and probably most of the research produced by those institutes and centers are not listened to by government entities. As I know one especially well, the one built at Istanbul Technical University, initially sponsored by Federal Emergency Management Agency in the US. They actually built a master's degree in emergency and crisis management, similar to what they have in universities in the US. But again, there's not much interest and support by government as well as uh, local entities to have professionals, well-educated people taking positions. But what I tell every place I go to, excuse me, the ultimate responsibility rely on the highest level elected officials, the president, governor, or the mayor, and the district governor. But they don't have time to understand every aspect of emergency and crisis management. What they can do best, find professionals, competent people, well-educated, well-trained people, so they can actually manage disasters and emergencies, and they will not see a disastrous results in response to certain disasters. And that didn't happen in Turkey, unfortunately. Yeah, that's painfully true. Um, and also, you know, geography is a destiny, but ignorance is a choice. Um, yeah. So we should should take the lessons uh, from these disasters. Um, unfortunately, we don't have good examples, especially in this side of the, the world. Um, Dr. Kavuju, thank you so much uh, for your time and your insightful comments. Um, very appreciate it. I thank you for the time and opportunity and happy to follow up and have additional conversation as needed in the future. I appreciate yeah, always. it. Always.